0: Good morning, everyone. I'm Glenn. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Pastoral Team. We're doing things a little different this morning. Um, In light of a recent announcement by the Nova Scotia Health Authority and the province of Nova Scotia, they've enacted measures to help manage the COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm so glad that you're joining me here this morning, live stream as we worship together. We're actually in week four of our series in the Psalms called Poetry in Motion. We're looking at the Psalms in real life. And I'm painfully aware today that life can get messy. Real life carries opportunities to question God. But the Psalms remind us that it's bigger than what we see. It's bigger than what we face on a daily basis, and we can trust him in the midst of it. As I've mentioned, uh, the Psalms are a collection of 150 hymns, poems, prayers, and songs that give expression to the human condition. They can be brutally honest on many levels. The Psalms create almost like a sacred space where celebration and sorrow are held together in the presence of a holy God. It's been quite a week. We live in a day and age of information overload. We're surrounded by an influx of information, whether it's on our phone, our TVs, over the internet, and it's unfiltered data that we are being bombarded with. And it has brought the world to our doorstep in real time. It means that, that things that happened a generation ago, like from around the world, that that would take months or weeks to get to our doorstep, if they ever did get to our doorstep, are now happening in real time. There's, there's that influx of information. The fear associated with the spread of the coronavirus, COVID-19, is happening in real time. We get hourly updates from around the world, and some of the inf- information is not even accurately presented, but... It's coming at us. I mean, anyone that's got an opinion and a computer now has a platform. And so that that information comes at us and we have to be careful to to recognize what's real and what isn't. But even if we take just the, the, the reliable sources, the reliable data that's coming our way, the statistics associated with this pandemic are rather unsettling to say the least. It's real. It's happening and it can instill fear in our hearts. And there's so much in the news and social media these days that, that are controversial topics, things, things that trouble us, things, things that we don't like, like things that, that have, we have to figure out how to process. What do we do with this information? We can witness some of the injustices in the world and wonder what on earth is going on, whether it's the environment, inequality, racism, exploitation political unrest economics there's so many things that that matters of faith or or even this virus that's spreading these are times that can cause us to question god are you seeing this i mean i mean think of it from different people's perspective we see it in the community it's like things happen there's an injustice and people are like well where's if, if god is god then why are these things happening and it can cause us to question much of the Old Testament that we have is, is a record of prophets and poets res- responding to the perceived injustices that they're witnessing. Like they're seeing things happening and they're, they're responding to those. And, and the pandemonium around them and what they're to do with it, they both interpret the times and they've expressed it in words and in passion. And we have that recorded in our Old Testament. And it, it's, it's good for us to be able to see that. Because at one time or another, I think we've all had that twinge of envy or frustration or regret when we've seen someone far from God seemingly enjoying the spoils of their sin more than we're experiencing the joys of our salvation. (laughs) You know, we look and we say, well, that's not fair. Like, why is it like that? Like, it seems like evil people are enjoying life more than we are. And I think we've all seen something on the news or in person that makes us angry and solicits a response of that's just not fair or that's wrong. That shouldn't happen. What is going on? And I think we're all affected when we see images of wildfires or earthquakes or catastrophic weather events or a pandemic impacting the globe. You know, things like this are not new. I mean, things like this, they've, they've been going on for generations. We just happen to be a new generation facing things that have been happening for centuries. And we read in, in the Psalms a way to be able to begin to address some of these things. They don't shy away from them. David didn't shy away from them. Moses didn't shy away from them. Korah didn't shy away from them. They, they wrote things. And one of those first things are found in Psalm that I want to touch on are found in Psalm 37. It's a Psalm of David. And he's writing and he's being honest because he's witnessing things and he's trying to come to grips with it. And he expresses it in this Psalm. So Psalm 37 verse one says, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass they will soon wither, like green plants they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, David recognized that, that injustices are real, but temporary. They, they happen but they're temporary there there will come a day will when things will be made right when god will will bring justice to our planet when things will we have to trust the lord in the meantime they're real but temporary psalm 90 gives an account from moses perspective and this is interesting we actually have a prayer of moses and and if you're not familiar with moses he was he was the the the, the guy that led the nation of Israel out of Egyptian slavery and captivity and through the desert. And, and so we, we get a lot of, of stories from him. But this is a prayer of his. And, and so it's found in Psalm 90, starting at verse 1. And it says, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from the beginning to the end, you are God you turn people back to dust saying return to dust you mortals for you a thousand years are a passing day as brief as a few night hours you sweep people away like a dream that disappears they are like grass that springs up in the morning and in the morning it blooms and flourishes but in the evening it is dry and withered see moses begins with this sense of the timelessness of god like god from from the foundations of the earth and before, you were and you are. It's like, God, you're there. So the timelessness of God. And then, from, and then he contrasts that with the frailty of our human condition. He compares the two, like a dream or grass that withers. It brings perspective, right? So the, the comparison of the eternal nature of God and how our own fragility. He, he goes on to describe God's anger towards our sin and the trouble that we're in as it seems that God has withdrawn from them. But then in verse 12, it turns around. I want us to drop down to verse 12 and he begins to cry out for help. Verse 12 says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Oh Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so that we may sing for joy at the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see you work again. Let, your children see your, let our children see your glory. And may the Lord, our God, show us his approval and make our efforts successful So it's interesting what I see here is for the psalmist getting right with God was a key part and essential for his world getting right with things getting right in his world that the two were connected like God come back to us that things may be restored. May the may the end of my life and the things that are happening at the end be you know eclipse the stuff that we've been through because you're faithful God and that's that's what you want to do. It's like the two are inseparable to him. And so if we look again at another Psalm, and this is a Psalm series, so yeah, I'm going to give you lots of Psalms here. Psalm 46, um, Psalm 46 in the NLT, it's another example of the writer finding context for the things that are happening in their world and finding that in God himself. So so I want to turn to Psalm 46, and we're going to start at verse 1 and read down a few verses there. In the in the and it's, this, is, this is funny, the worship team would love this. It's a song of the descendants of Korah to be sung by soprano voices. So yes, soprano voices only. So sorry, Scott, this one is not for you. Yes, it's soprano voices only. It says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains tremble, uh, crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God and the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. For From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among you. The God of Israel is our fortress. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. It's that recognition that God's kingdom is secure even when other kingdoms are in turmoil. It's that recognition of the things that can be destroyed and the things that will not be destroyed. When nature seems to have lost the plot, there's still a place where God brings peace that can never be destroyed. It's an eternal perspective. It's a perspective that's beyond this life. And it's not at the expense of the temporal, I think sometimes we, we lose context. We begin to think, you know, it's, well, it's all about eternity. Well, eternity is important. Like that's real. But there's also an aspect of it that, that it affects our present too, that God wants to bring his presence into our presence and for us to be still and know that he is God, the Lord of heaven's Army is here among us. Here among us. I mean, that's, that, that is the comfort that was taken there. The Psalms seem to display hope Yahweh will judge the earth yes but that's mixed with impatience Lord how long before you do this like how long will this go on how bad does it have to get Lord like how long do we wait there's there's something called the Stockdale paradox and it was basically made famous by Jim Collins in a book called *Good to Great*, but it's this idea. There's a principle behind it. Stockdale was a, was a. I think he was. A, well, he became an admiral, but he was. He ended up being captured as a prisoner of war in 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 Vietnam, I believe it was. But the, this principle is hope within the harsh reality of the present circumstances, like the balance between the two, and so. It's the idea of retaining faith that you will prevail in the end, regardless of the present difficulties, while at the same time confronting the most brutal facts of your current reality. Retain faith that you will prevail in the end, regardless of the present circumstances, while at the same time confronting the most brutal facts of your current reality. You see, the psalmist displayed this in their writings, Even in the absence of Jesus as Messiah. I want you to think about that for a second, because we have an advantage. We have something today that they didn't have them. They had prophecies, but they hadn't been fulfilled yet. They prophesied about a Messiah, but they never saw them. For them, the descendant of David was Solomon, not Jesus. Right. So, so there, the hope that even the Psalms bring forth tend to be very temporal because they didn't actually have Jesus, but we have the advantage of a thousand years of history and the full body of scripture at our disposal. When we approach context with these things, whether it be trying to figure out uh, prophecy or, or hope or what's to come next, or how do we, how do we sort this out? God, how does this make sense? I want, to, I want to kind of wrap this up with a, with a story found in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 40. It's in the New Living Translation. So it's this idea of, of Jesus and his disciples are, are, are doing their thing and, and they're traveling around. And at some point, we see that the, the crowds have gotten to be too much. And Jesus says, guys, we got to get out of here. So Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 40. As evening came... Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowd behind, although other boats followed. But soon a, forced, a fierce storm, a forced steam, no, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Now this is comical if you picture it the way I picture it. Next verse. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Now that's pretty specific, like where he was, how he was reclining. And so I just get a picture of this and it cracks me up. So the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silent, be still, And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The Old Testament writers had faith that the Messiah was coming. The New Testament writers had faith that the Messiah had arrived. We we have faith believing that he will return and he will be triumphant and he will make all things right. You know, we have an incredible gift in Christ. It's It's the promise of the gospel that Jesus came, was born, grew up, ministered on earth, was betrayed, was crucified, and rose again for our salvation so that we can be free to bring us context And that he will return in his glory to gather us to his own himself. I mean, we have that glorious hope wrapped up in Christ and who he is. And we celebrate that. And Easter's coming up, and we will we will celebrate that whole idea of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and the new life that we can find in him. But there will be times in our lives when we'll ask the question of God: don't you care? It's like the waves are crashing over the sides of our lives and then we, we're going down. We, we're, we're sure we're going to drown. And we're Christians, right? So Jesus is in the boat, but we're thinking to ourselves, all right, is there any advantage to this God? Like, where are you? Don't you care? And his answer is an emphatic yes. Yes, he cares. Yes, the Lord of angel armies, like the commander of the house of heaven, the God of the Jews, the Christians, like Jesus himself is among us, among us. And his presence changes things. Jesus' presence in that boat gave him the ability to say, peace, be still. And in the midst of what was happening, peace, be still became their reality, And in that case, he calmed the storm. And, you know, and and sometimes I think in our own lives, there's times when, I don't know, sometimes I think he just carries us through it. But he never leaves us or forsake us. He's still in the boat with us. And he speaks peace in the midst of the storm. He brings hope that passes understanding and hope that the struggle is not the end. Jesus is in our boat. And he says, peace, be still. And we're facing a lot of things right now, and we're trying to make some decisions, and we're seeking God's wisdom as we navigate this whole new reality that happens to be life in Nova Scotia at the moment with threat of this pandemic landing on our shores. And it's real. And we're facing that, and it's like, for some people, there's some pretty big breakers kind of hitting the side of the boat of their life, and they're beginning to wonder and question and they're afraid and and maybe that's not you but maybe you know somebody that is in that boat what's our response do we do we recognize who god is in the midst of this is god like i didn't see that coming no We're, we're we're dealing with a god that knows from everlasting to everlasting he is god from before the foundations of the earth, he formed us and planned for us and knew us. The God that, that was and is and is to come, that, that, that carries us through the storm sometimes, and sometimes he calms the storm, he's in our midst. And I believe there's, there's a maybe even a responsibility for those of us that are believers to approach us from a, from a standpoint of the opportunity that creates for us to just be a voice of hope. Be a voice of, of, of love. Be a, be a voice in the midst of it, of peace be still in the midst of fear. And I see that as a privilege and an opportunity, but I also recognize we've got our own stuff to deal with. We, we've got our own things. That's like Debbie and I were talking about it even this week that, that you know, this was all theoretical until we realized how close to home things were getting when it starts to affect our lives then all of a sudden it starts to get real you are know, like hmm and that's true for all of us like we kind of live in our own little world until somebody bumps into our own little world and, and we're kind of experiencing that right now and so how do we approach that what do we do with that well I believe we need to pray I believe we need to seek God. I believe we need to reject fear. I, need to, I believe we need to cooperate with the powers that be that are trying their best to do something to, to help those. And it's like even Mayor Savage said this week, it's, it's really about, it's not really about me, it's about other people. Like this is about others. It's not about us. And it's like, hmm, might have heard that before. So what can we do? Well, like I said, we can pray and we can believe And we can, we can be careful what we post on social media. We can be, we can be thoughtful about things that we do and we can love others. And we can, we can do what we need to do to help. Oh, but we need to always remember that God, Jesus is in the boat, God, the God of angel armies, the ones that commands it all is in our midst. So let's, let's take a moment right now and pray. I want to pray with you this morning. I'm thankful for the Psalms. I'm thankful that they give voice to so many things. And so if you're, if you're listening to this and that fear, you can sense it welling up in you. I just want to say peace be still this morning. You don't need to be ruled by that fear. That, I mean, that fear is real. I'm not saying that we deny it, but we bring context to it. It's like, no, I know my God. I know that there's more than what I see. So God, I just, I just come against uh, fear in Jesus name, Lord, I just I just pray peace be still God that the storms in our lives and the turmoil sometimes it rages within us, God, that you would bring your peace, Lord, you would bring that under your control, you would bring it under your covering under your supervision, God, and that there would be a sense that you are in the midst and that all things will work together for good for those that are called according to your purpose, who love you, Jesus. God, I pray for everyone that's been affected by this this virus around the world there's been so many people affected by it God and now we're being affected by it and Lord I just pray those that have lost loved ones God that your comfort would be there Lord those that are facing sickness themselves Lord that you would be their heal- their healer God I pray you would overshadow and protect those health care workers and so many other people that are putting themselves at risk to be able to bring comfort and care to others God that you would watch over them and strengthen them Lord I protect I pray you would protect the vulnerable God I pray that even in our province Lord we just pray for the miraculous God that you would you know you would spare us this onslaught but God that you would be in the midst of it Lord that you you would prevail and God I thank you for your peace that passes understanding so God have your way in our midst I pray and God help us to go forward with a sense that we are called to be your ambassadors and carry hope to our city and around the world in Jesus name amen